0: Come and see. That is the key phrase we're going to consider today. Well, this is the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast hosted each week by Chris Johnson, myself, Lynn Pryor. Chris, good to be with you for another podcast. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell us who is joining us today? Oh,
1: I'll be glad to do that. But first, I have a come and see hat, Lynn. (laughs) Just thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, That's one of those chosen products. (laughs) We've made reference to the chosen before, and that's a theme. Uh, that that they really focus on because of the, those early followers of Jesus. That was their deal. Was,
0: Which uh, is
2: the passage we're going to look yeah, at
0: today. Come and,
1: come and see. So it's a, that's a cool deal. Hey, we have Christina Zimmerman with us. Christina, good to see you today.
2: Good to be here. And listen, you guys have too much fun. Too much fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I'm disappointed because we we can see each other in this podcast via Zoom. But Chris, you didn't wear your come and see hat. So I, I guess... Am- I guess I, I'll have to go to Hendersonville and come and see the hats. I, I,
1: I'm so sorry that I didn't do that. I, <laughs> I, I thought about it and should have done that. But uh, my hair looks so good today, so I didn't want to put my hat on. <laughs> um, so Chris, Christine is a content editor with you, Curriculum, and we've, we've shared some about that in the past. And it's always a delight to have her as a part um, of, of our conversation. <laughs> On these podcasts, so the um, uh, w- w- today is the concluding uh, session uh, on a series of sessions that um, I hope have been helpful to you to help you to understand and to learn some things about how to love your neighbor. Uh, we know that the Bible makes it clear that we are to love our neighbor. Love you know, the part of the great uh, commandment is love your neighbor as yourself, and so um, it we we've talked about that passage and we've talked about many things about loving our neighbors Uh, so the the final uh, icebreaker question about neighbors is what's the nicest thing um, a neighbor's done for you and uh i so i it's two different neighbors who did the same thing they cut my grass (laughs) just uh I i had a neighbor in northeastern kentucky who would be cutting his grass and he'd just come over and and cut mine too. And he, I would say, well, Bill, thank you for doing that. And he said, I know you're busy as a pastor and got all those kids. So I just thought I'd do that for you. Just, just out of the goodness of his heart. Uh, my current next door neighbor is Charlie. And there was a season where Charlie just, all, he just cut my grass. And I know what happened. I know his wife, Eula said, Charlie, go ahead and cut the ribs, huh? grass. He needs some help over there. <laughs> but I always had a deep appreciation and love for these men who just took the initiative and, and cut my grass. So I just thought I would share that story.
0: Well, thank you. Cause that really hits the heart of our uh, study today. We've been talking about uh, forgiving our neighbors, praying for our neighbors, honoring our neighbors. And I think we're going to hit this ultimate one here. As we talk about sharing Christ with our neighbors, we love our neighbors when we tell them about Jesus. So let's jump into John chapter one. Uh, we're going to look at uh, Andrew, Peter, uh, Andrew and Simon, Peter and Nathaniel. It's going to be an interesting study today as we look at these stories, but we're just going to look for, let's begin with uh, John one. Let's, uh, verse 40, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother. He was one of the 12 who heard John and followed him. Now he, fir- he first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah which is translated the Christ. And he brought Simon to Jesus.
1: Love that story. Uh, so uh, the reference there is that Andrew was one of the disciples of John the Baptist and John the Baptist had pointed, pointed his followers. He had pointed to Jesus and uh, he had said, there, there he is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And, and it it's at this point that, um, that Andrew encounters Jesus and goes and finds his brother to tell him we found the Messiah.
2: You know, as I was preparing uh, some notes on this, I noticed that uh, it said that each time Andrew is mentioned in the Gospel of John, he is bringing someone to Jesus
1: isn't that a great story?
2: Yeah. So, 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 you know, it was Andrew who brought the boy with the five loaves of bread and the two fishes to Jesus. I don't know if you realize that. Yeah. And then in John 12, Andrew and Philip took two Greeks to Jesus. So, so, you know, so this show, you know, Andrew had a testimony and he was willing to share it. He told his brother about Jesus, and he was eager to introduce others to Jesus as well. So then that convicted me. I started thinking, okay, how many people in my life have heard me talk about my relationship with Jesus? You know, that needs to be something. And, you know, and I don't do too bad. My husband is, is my example. He Everywhere we go, mostly, he does not meet a stranger. And it's all for the purpose of checking to see, you know, whether they're in church, whether they are follow-up Christ. And there have been times when he has even prayed with people, you know, right there in Walmart or Kroger's or something like that. So, so you know, we need to be ready because we never know when we want to just, we, when God may prompt us to, to share a story about Jesus.
0: Christina, I find this encouraging about Andrew, because now, granted, he's one of the apostles, but he's technically he's not an apostle yet. I mean, he's just he's just met Jesus. So he doesn't have a lot of doctrine. He doesn't have a lot of theology under his belt in that sense. But he just says, we have found the Messiah. And we could say at that point, that's his entire testimony but it was enough for him and to realize the, enc- the encouragement for me is in this is to realize I don't have to know a lot of theology and a lot of doctrine and have a, have a lot of uh, experience under my belt. It just that I can just say, let me tell you what I know, what I've experienced, what I found.
1: So good. So good. I, I, I want us to ha- pause right here. And I hope that in our groups, there'll be some conversations around this. Because One of the questions is, you know what's the importance of, of of your testimony as an effective tool, and another question is why is your faith story so important in witnessing to family and friends? And I, I I want us to take advantage of the opportunity that we have here. That the first person that Andrew goes to find to tell about Jesus his brother, and I, I I want our groups to have some conversations about their family members, maybe their children, maybe their grandchildren, maybe a spouse who is not a believer, and the need that we have to live a life that shows that we walk with the Lord and that we look for those opportunities uh, to share with others. Now, I know it's complicated, and I know that, that... there are families that never talk about religion or politics. I can't, I can't imagine that in our culture. Um, but th- this is the most important thing. And I, I, I think, I mean, the, the people that I want to take to heaven with me are the people that I love the most. It's my family member. It's, it's people. It's friends. So it, it, those people need to bump up on our priority list of who can we share the gospel with. And and I'm just afraid that we've we've uh, given a pass, and we've said, "Well, I don't I don't want Thanksgiving to be weird," or I don't I don't. By all means, follow Andrew's example and go to the, your family members and tell them about your relationship with Jesus.
2: You know, Chris, you that is so so true. And I can remember being convicted about that, because I started thinking about the alternative, you know, where my family members will be if they don't receive Jesus, they'll be separated from God for eternity. And so, you know, so my prayers often is related to God, please save my family members who, who don't know you. Cousins, uncles, nieces, all that don't know you, God, because I don't want them to spend eternity separated from you.
0: One of my key prayers with family is, uh, God, I want them to see Jesus in me. And, And we know what this is like with family. Who knows us better than family? And uh, my family knows how annoying I can be. Uh, so I just as I continue my prayers. God, I just want them to see you and me. Uh, let them see Jesus. When you come to verse 43, uh, we've, we've been looking at uh, Andrew and his brother, Simon Peter. But let, we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk about Philip now. This is in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He found Philip and told him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew, Peter. Peter found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And so did the prophets. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked him. And here's this statement again. Come and see. Philip answered.
1: Come and see. Uh. Love that. Uh, And and I want, I hope that some things are going on in our lives and in our churches that will cause us to be excited about inviting others to come and experience, come and see uh, Jesus and what it means to be a follower um, of Jesus. So some of the questions that we ask are tied to that. Uh, Who, who was that person who, did that for you, who said to you, come and see. And uh, I hope that that will trigger a lot of memories and conversations in our groups.
2: You know, one of the things that I know may be uh, pointed out in, in people that use the U curriculum is the fact that there was a little prejudice shown here by Nathaniel. <laughs> that's good. You know, he, he, he said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And so that's something that we have to be careful with because, you know, just think about this. If Nathaniel had stuck to his prejudice without investigating, then he would have missed the Messiah. And so, you know, those are things that we we deal with, you know, when we are inviting people um, to see Jesus. There may be some attitudes that that may need to be um, prayed about, addressed, or you know, definitely loved through. Christina, and, and
0: with that, Philip didn't feel compelled to answer it. He just said, come check it out yourself. You know, just, just come see. Again, that's seems encouraging free. I don't have to have all the answers. I just have to say, just come, just come check it out on your own.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he just invited him to, to meet Jesus for himself. Yeah. Now, that's powerful in itself because he's saying, he's saying, you know, I don't have to convince Nathaniel, you know, because I know that Jesus will, you know, he would, he would do the job. He will, (laughs) he will influence.
1: So then what happened next?
2: What happened next? Well, I'm
0: glad you asked. Come to verse 47. Then Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said about him. Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you, Jesus answered. Rabbi Nathanael replied, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel.
1: Love that story. Love the fact that that Jesus uh, reveals Uh, Hey man, I I know who you are. I know your character. Uh, I've I've seen you around. And uh, that's a part of what causes Nathaniel to say, this really is the Messiah.
2: Right. And you know, and um, Jesus gave him a wonderful compliment. You know, he said that uh, this truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. So I would love to have Jesus to give me a compliment like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if, if uh, Nathaniel had been a dishonest person, then that would have been revealed to Jesus as well. And Nathaniel may have felt uncomfortable with that compliment. You know, we can't pretend to be something that we're not because God knows the real you. And, and he, knew, he knew Nathaniel.
0: Well, I, I, no doubt that uh, Nathaniel, as all of us, had some sin in his life, but Jesus did not begin with any kind of words of judgment or, or condemnation. He began with a uh, essentially a kindness and admiration for who he is. You are a, an Israelite on whom there is no deceit. And uh, well, again, that is a, a good reminder for me to to not have to start with. You know, hey, by the way, did you know you're a sinner and you're destined to go to hell? We don't start there. Um, Paul, Paul even, and you go to Acts chapter 17, where he's in front of the, uh, with the group in Athens. He kind of began with uh, just kind of showing what they had in common. You know, you're, we're, we're seeking the things of God. But, you know, you even got a, an altar to an unknown God. Let me tell you about him. So he didn't start with, you're a bunch of idiots for looking to, to, to uh, having all these monuments. But he found a starting point and used that to build. And that's what Jesus did. He was he was complimentary, uh, not not a deceitful, just you know, just flattery. But he didn't start with the condemnation.
1: So one of the things that I appreciate uh, from uh, uh, as we prepared and did some things with questions um, for this session, uh, I want I want I just want to point out that. One of the fallacies of, of how we think about evangelism is the idea that we have to close the deal. We have to, we have to lead someone to say yes to Jesus. And the reality is that what we need to do is follow the example of Andrew and follow the example of Philip and say to people, come, come, come and see, come and experience Jesus and, and let the results be what God does and how he works and how his spirit works in that person's life. We're not responsible for the results. We're just responsible to invite and to share. And that for me, and for a lot of people, as I've ministered through the years, has been a very freeing conversation to know that, oh, I I don't have to, I don't have to Make them say, yes, I just need to share the gospel and point them to Jesus and invite them to come and experience him. And, and then God does the work and God uses other people and God uses the church and God uses our groups. And um, I, I just think that's healthy for us to talk about.
2: That's right. And that makes it easier, Chris. You know, I, when I think about sharing Christ, I think about the different mission trips that I've been on. I, I think I've led more people to Christ overseas than I have here. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you get a sense over there that what you just said is really, really mm-hmm. visible because, you know, you know, honestly you feel for the, the people, you know, it's an underdeveloped country that you're trying, where you're trying to evangelize people. So you have, that in your heart, and you absolutely want to try to force them, <laughs> but you don't. You know, you just share your heart, and you watch the Holy Spirit do his work. And it's, it's wonderful. It really is.
0: And that is the whole focus of this Bible study. Our point is this, that we love our neighbors when we tell them about Jesus. Christina, thanks for being with us for this podcast today. Uh, let's take a moment, and for just for anyone who might be new to this podcast, uh, take a moment and tell us about the U curriculum, what makes it unique and special.
2: Okay, let me just talk briefly, Then, You, it is like Bible Studies for Life. As a matter of fact, we use the same outlines, and so our lessons are the same. But we are unique in that we leverage the lifestyles of African-American and urban individuals. And so we recognize the need for people to learn and apply biblical principles within the context of their own environment, their homes, their churches, their communities. And we have some features that, may, that are unique to, to you. Uh, we use memory verses, we identify a memory verse In each session, we uh, have a feature called Digging Deeper, and we have a feature called Did You Know? And these provide just additional information uh, like historical facts from the African-American community or from the culture itself that may help to to enhance the lesson. We have the same uh, teaching Uh, support pieces that Bible studies for life. We have a leader guide, but our leader guide is actually in the same book. So the U resource, the U curriculum is a two-in-one resource, really a three-in-one. We have a learner guide, learner pages, and then leader resources. And we also have the devotional or daily readings. So it's, it's a great resource. We hope that you will go to lifeway.com slash you to take a look at it and, and see what you think.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Christine. Appreciate that very much. Hey, we are wrapping up this study of uh, how to love your neighbor. But next week, we are starting a new study. For six weeks, we're going to be in the book of James. Uh, we're talking about we're in the book of James, talking about living out your faith. As James walks us through to see what our, how we display our faith in hard times, uh, how we display our faith through our relationships, actions, conversations. Uh, it's a great study coming up. And let me just encourage you to promote it. One way you can encourage people to be part of your group. We have a 60-second promotional video. Uh, you can go online. It's, it's, it's free to access. It's free to download. Share it anywhere and everywhere you want to put it. Uh, you can go to BibleStudiesForLife.com slash adultextra. And right there on that adult extra page, you'll see on the right side, uh, you'll, or, or excuse me, with, the, with the, the sessions for extra, you'll see a note that says promotional video. Uh, a lot of folks put it on their Facebook page. They, they may show it during their church's uh, worship announcement time during the services. Uh, it's, just, it's just all of 60 seconds. Uh, put it in an email. Drop it in a text. So this is a way to say, hey, we're going to start this study Why don't you come and see what the book of James is all about?
1: Wow. Well played. (laughs) Great segue, Lynn. Thank you guys who listen. Guys, ladies, to uh, this Bible Studies for Life uh, podcast. Hope it's beneficial to you. And uh, we'll pray for you as you are a part of and lead groups this week.